And welcome in everyone to Football 24-7 with John McMullen across the Jacob Media Network. It's the post-game edition, 15 minutes with John McMullen as we get his first reaction to the Eagles' loss to the Cowboys. Eagles now 4-10-1 and eliminated from the postseason. Johnny Mack, you watched it all. I give you first opportunity to react, sir. Yeah, really disappointing. I mean, if you think about what had to happen, uh, everything was going the Eagles' way. Uh, the New York Giants lost in the 1 o'clock window. That's kind of expected. They were playing the Baltimore Ravens. That had to happen. Uh, and then it became pretty clear, pretty quickly, uh, Washington wasn't going to have a chance against uh, Carolina with Dwayne Hanson playing quarterback. So that went the Eagles' way. And then the Eagles jump out 14 to three against Dallas. And you're thinking, wow, week 17 is going to be essentially an NFC championship game, uh, against the Washington team that might have to go to Dwayne Haskins again. And, and you start to envision, uh, a playoff, uh, uh, appearance granted in the worst division in NFL history, but nonetheless. And then just the wheels came off, Grousey. I mean, too much attrition on the back end uh, is really what it came down to. And Andy Dalton, who is, you know, he's not he's not that Prescott, but he's also not Ben DiNucci. That's a guy who can dash you uh, if you get in time, uh, especially against that kind of secondary. And that's exactly what happened. Look at some of the big plays, 69 yards, 55 yards, 52 yards. It was just, it was a wave. And Eagles... Couldn't recover. And you think about Fletcher Cox leaving this game. Joe, it was 14 to 3 when Fletcher left this game. 14 to 3 Eagles. And you see the final score 37 17. Johnny Mack, what happened to uh, the offense uh, after that point? Because they literally only then get another field goal the rest of the game. They certainly penetrated and had and moved into Dallas territory numerous times um, throughout the second half and and just didn't capitalize at times I'm I'm sitting thinking oh my god Jalen Hurts looks like Carson Wentz today sacks pressures fumbles interceptions what happened yeah I mean they moved the football you're right they had 400 77 yards, I think, was the final number of total offense. I mean, they moved it from 20 to 20, and it was really uh, – the Eagles have used this excuse much of the season, uh, and it is an excuse, but in, in today's game, it was it was real, and that's shooting themselves in the foot with pre-snap penalties. I think they had six pre-snap penalties, six false starts, and, and you're talking about – Remember, we're, there were a few fans, obviously, in Dallas, but it's not a typical season where there's 100,000 people there. Uh, it's very sparse in, in the COVID-19 world. There's no reason to have, have those kind of pre-stamp penalties. And you think about the Darius play interception when you, you say, okay, maybe the Eagles have some life, and they start at the 28-yard line. If they punch it in, it's a one-score game, and who knows? And they just go backwards. Uh, it's just backwards. Um, and, you know, I, I think people, because of the early success, uh, 
forget Jalen Hurts is 22 years old, and um, this was his third professional start, and he's got a lot of learning to do. And part of it is, you know, people are going to look at it and say the offensive line, but a, a lot of that is key. And a lot of that is the quarterback's responsibility. When you have that many of them, it's probably the quarterback more than the offensive line. Uh, and then you talk about the turnovers. You talk about the fourth and 15 where he doesn't seem to understand the situation and throws underneath to Zach Ertz. And Zach really didn't have a chance to get that first down. Um, these are all sort of learning processes. You have to go through as a young quarterback and understand situational football better. Yeah, I mean, he struggled at times, no question, especially in the second half. And he was also a little banged up, got a little injured on that Randy Gregory play. So, uh, as Doug Peterson said, uh, post-game, Jalen kind of confirmed he was dealing uh, with uh, a little bit of a lower body injury. So he's fighting through that as well. For one shining moment... Deshaun Jackson was back in the picture, <laughs> and then we didn't see him again. And he, and he was got it's, it's almost, you know, unfortunately, it's almost funny with the second incarnation of Deshaun Jackson because in Philadelphia, he only played so sparingly, and he shows up and he seems he makes a big play. Today was an 81 yard touchdown. You go, wow, uh, 25th by the way, in his career of over 60 yards, which is an ongoing NFL record. Uh, nobody in the history of this game has ever been a bigger home run hitter. Even a Randy Moss uh, hasn't had as many big plays that long. Uh, and, and you know, then, you know, Doug said after the game, then he started dealing with some issues, and he was sore. <laughs> and that's been... Deshaun Jackson in this second go-round, and that's probably it. I mean, that's probably – remember that one because that's – you know, obviously the Eagles have to move on. He's 34 years old. He just turned 34, can't stay healthy. One target, one reception, 81-yard touchdown. But the consistency is just never going to be there. John, when you look at this game, do you – put any blame on Doug Peterson from a play calling standpoint? No. Uh, I, I mean, look, when you got, uh, this is, and this, I put this on this four ten and one team. Uh, and you know, uh, that how historically bad this division is. We're going to week 17. Only one team doesn't have a chance to win this division. Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think anybody thought we'd be here. Um, and it's been that disappointing, and it's personnel issues. And, and part of it is injuries, uh, but, you know, you saw Mike Jaquette trying to play corner out there. Um, you saw that defense line, which came into the game without Derek Barnett, without Josh Sweat, then they lose Fletcher Cox, and I don't think it's a coincidence. It was 14-3 to when Fletcher left, and um, it was just a blowout from that point forward. Um, just attrition at all three levels on defense. We talked about the offensive line set an NFL record. 13 different groups so far. We'll see if it changes for the final game. I, I mean, it's one of those years, and, and the Eagles weren't able to overcome it, but 
I, I always say with fans and not enough listen. And, and it, look, this goes for every coach in every city in this country. It, this, every single one of them will tell you uh, it, it's not about play calling. It's about executing the plays. Uh, and, and the bottom line is people do not judge play calls. They don't know what the play call is. Uh, they, they, they judge results. So if the result is poor, in their mind, it's a poor play call. Well, sometimes, you know, what if the left guard misses a block and he had the perfect play call? No one will ever know unless they're in a parallel universe and sees it properly executed. So I, I, what I'm trying to say, Joe, is you don't go from a Super Bowl winning coach to being a play, bad play caller in three years. The personnel's not there. Football 24-7 with John McMullen, post-game edition. Again, Eagles eliminated, as you know, if you're listening uh, to this uh, report with Johnny Mack. Eagles fall to 4-10-1. Uh, and one. one more thing uh, I want to get, uh, one more comment from you, John, uh, on Doug's willingness to go for it on fourth down. Are they smart decisions are they emotional decisions? What's happening there? Do you have any idea? Well, they're definitely not emotional. I mean, this is a team that's gone all in on the analytics, and they do what the analytics tell them to do. Uh, and you've seen, I'm sure everyone has seen those projection models that they have a 57% chance to win it if you go for fourth and one and make it versus a 37% chance if you punt the football, things like that. The Eagles are heavily invested in that. It's a big thing that really goes up to the top of the organization and Jeffrey Lurie. Ryan Paganetti is, is sort of that guy in the coaching box that, that tells Doug the analytics. Now, today was a little bit different because I think I mentioned that fourth and 15 play. Look, it's a two-score game if you kick a field goal, and I think it would have been a 51-yarder, maybe 50. So it's no guarantee it's going in there. I, I, I would have kicked the field goal because fourth and 15 is just so heavily weighted against you. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't think that's going to – uh, win you or lose you the game. I don't think it did lose them the game. And you got to take the good with the bad. Everybody loved it when it was successful. This is similar to the play calling. Look, you're successful a lot of the times when you have better players, whether it's first, second, third, or fourth down. And when you don't have better players and you don't make it on fourth down, you don't look good. So it's kind of, you got to take the good with the bad. This team is heavily invested. In the analytics, personally, I'm not a huge fan of that, but that's that's where they are, and that's more more than Doug Peterson. That's sort of directed from above. Couple minutes left with John McMullen as we get his first reaction following the Eagles' loss. John, I, it might be a week early to ask the question. I'm going to ask it anyway because somehow I feel as though it'll be part of the conversation uh, this week. Uh, is Doug Peterson the head coach of the football team next season? Uh, I, I, to be determined. I wouldn't say it's 
uh, 100% he's back, he, he could be fired. There's no question about it. I mean, uh, it, it, now when I say that, uh, I don't think he should be fired, but uh, I've, I've kind of said this is now Jeffrey Lurie's season. We always talk about Doug Peterson in season, being the guy, Howie Roseman's season, free agency, the draft. The, the week to 10 days after the season, that's Jeffrey Lurie's season. That's where he makes the decision. And to be honest, he's been a little bit uh, unpredictable uh, ever since the Super Bowl. Uh, and if you think about forcing Doug to fire Mike Rowe, for instance. Um, so, I, I mean, it really comes down to how he wants to move forward with Carson Wentz. And uh, I've talked about this a lot. It would be a $32 million dead money hit for Jeffrey Lurie in a year where he's lost a lot of mo- money, uh, a lot of revenue due to COVID-19. Um he might not want to eat that $32 million and say, you know what? I want a coach uh, that can get the best out of Carson Wentz. In that particular instance, look, I think that relationship is fractured. I don't think Doug Peterson wants to move forward with Carson Wentz. I think he wants to move forward with Jalen Hurts. Uh, so if Jeffrey Lurie makes that decision, Doug's got to go. So, I, I, I mean, this is strictly a one-man decision. And that goes, by the way, with Jim Schwartz and Dave Fitz, because one thing we know about Jeffrey Lurie, he's going to do something. He's going to change for change's sake. And he's going to make somebody the scapegoat, just like he did last season. Think about that, Joe. I mean, this is a team that made the playoffs last season. And he wanted a scapegoat because he thought they underachieved. Well, this time around, they're four ten and one, and they're the only team in the worst division in football that doesn't have a chance to win it. He wants somebody to blame. He's not going to blame Howie Roseman. Forget that. Howie's coming back. Is he going to blame Carson Wentz? Is he going to blame Doug Peterson? Or is he going to blame a lesser coach like a Jim Schwartz or a Dave Fitz? That's the question, because he's going to blame somebody. Might blame me. <laughs> Last quick thought, Johnny Mac. 20 seconds, brother, until uh, we check off here uh, on the Eagles' loss. Um, is there a game ball to be given out by John McMullen tonight? I- I'm going to give it to Alex Singleton for chasing ah, down it. Amari Cooper. Uh, I-, I was pretty amazing. There's not a lot of positives, obviously, when you're eliminated from the playoff on the NFL, especially – when everything broke your way, and he kind of got that feeling, as I mentioned, with Baltimore and, and, and Carolina, and you're saying, boy, the stars are aligning. And then all of a sudden, nope, you can't handle your own business. So not a lot of positives. But, but Alex Singleton, he's been uh, a positive all season. And he's a guy who started out as an afterthought, as a special teams player. Now he's the Eagles' best linebacker. And that's Amari Cooper out there. And that's a linebacker running him down. He should have been playing quarterback. <laughs> Football 24-7 with John McMullen across the Jacob Media Network. You'll hear from him, you'll see him, uh, and you'll learn from him all week. Johnny Mack, great stuff, man. We'll talk to you during the week. Thanks, Ralphie.